welcome back everybody to other duties as assigned we hit midweek all the news that's been coming out with covid cancelizations of fall seasons fall sports everything going on uh kind of a down episode we told you guys we'd update you um so here we are on the weekend recording just a few days after our uh, our original recording on this and the fcs is now completely bowed out um, we kind of saw this coming where a lot of your major players at that level for for football division one double a have, have already bowed out so now it's official there will be no uh playoffs or championships of any kind right now um according to mark emmert other than potentially the the playoffs there for football in in the fall so we're looking now at at no fcs playoffs um no division two or division three playoffs there's no fall sports a lot of lower level um division one Conferences are going ahead and suspending their fall seasons to the spring or just outright canceling them. So a lot of your FCS football uh, conferences, those those Olympic sports of those schools are also in those lower division conferences and they're they're calling it quits. So that's where we're at right now. It's it's looking like there's about 70 odd some odd teams that are that are playing football right now at the FBS level and and uh, some some of their other fall sports. But right now it's it's not looking good for for fall college athletics. No, it's not. And, you know, I think the three um, the three FCS conferences that had been left from the last time we talked were SoCon, Ohio Valley and Southland. Um, and like Thanks. you said, they, they've all canceled. And that's not to say that those schools um, within those conferences can't play a schedule themselves, but there will be no conference play. So no. Yep. Uh, interconference play or anything of that nature. So if they want to create a, a schedule of non-conference games for themselves and have other schools that are willing to play, as of right now, they are able to do so. Um, but, you know, that leads to kind of, I, I would say, partly with, with the next thing we wanted to talk about, Scott, and not to just jump right into it, but I'm going to jump right into it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Justin Fields has the head or the quarterback, starting quarterback for Ohio State, came out and started a petition to allow or to get the Big Ten to change their mind to let them play sports, um, to let them play football and I think all fall sports for that matter. Um, you know, the hashtag we want to play, which on one hand I do completely understand. Um, but on the other hand, how many people, how many experts, are out there telling them don't do this like do not play you're running a huge risk i just i i mean it's it's tough for us because we want it back and it is something that runs and it's you know the livelihood of a lot of men and women hard-working men and women out there and you know not having fall sports could jeopardize their jobs so i get that but what does that what does no fall sports mean for them? So, you know, that's yeah. that's kind of the balance. But then you look at it, too. And this was something that I, you know, Scott, you and I had talked about the other day. Oklahoma came out and and shared some news with us that for two weeks during during their football camp, they tested and didn't have any positive tests. Mm-hmm. They allowed students back on campus and they gave the football team a week off kind of rest relax recover because it had been so long since they had any yeah organized team activities and it's just a good thing to kind of get get some rest and we don't know what the future for holds for for sports so it's not like you should be at a 100 at percent grind 
well, they come back and find out that as soon as they let all those students back on campus, they now have nine positive tests among the football team. Yep. It's not what you want. And, and I think it's worth noting that this looks bad um, for Oklahoma, but it's not just going to happen at Oklahoma. It's going to happen everywhere. And while we know that student athletes are, are normal people, they're normal students, they're going to get into trouble and do some things they shouldn't be doing in relation to this, this virus, um, just like everybody else. But we don't even know that that's the case. You know, this is the risk you run when you're not in a bubble. You don't have to do something. You don't have to be the Miami Marlins and, and you know, or the Cardinals go to a casino or a bar or something. You don't have to do that. You can just be a student and go to a class or, you know, have to go to the store to, to pick up supplies for, for the fall semester. You know, you got to go to the bookstore and pick up your books. Like there's things going on when you're at a university like Oklahoma that's going to have you know, in the tens of thousands of students, when all those kids come back, if you're in the same dorms, if you're same apartment complexes, you're going to interact with these people, um, no matter how safe you're trying to be, and you do run this risk. So this is what we talked about on a previous pod about how the safest and easiest thing for fall sports doesn't make the most sense for universities. I understand that, but would be to only bring athletes back to campus. This is what we've been worried about. I think also this is why you've seen all these seasons go to conference only and be pushed back um, because the conference season starts later in September. Now that these guys have gotten COVID, they can theoretically shut it down, quarantine these guys, um, get them back to practice and then try to withstand this, this initial wave that's going to come at, at their university because students are back. So if they can, withstand that and quarantine who they need to quarantine and then get back to practice in the middle of, of September. Maybe they can play a game at the end of it. You know, I mean, who knows? That's, that's where this whole thing is not looking good, but there's some loosely based uh, in science plans. I would say they're just kind of rolling the dice and hoping for the best. I think. Well, exactly. I mean, you're rolling dice. That's a hundred percent. If you're deciding to play sports, you're rolling the dice, regardless of what information you're getting from your, uh, university medical staff or your conference medical staff, whoever it is, you yep. are rolling the dice because you're running a, a, a tremendous risk to get these guys sick. And I don't know at this point how you would stop it having that many people on campus. Here, one, and let me go ahead and just add add this, Scott. You, you know, we both, you and I both enjoyed the the college experience. We'll say and. <laughs> When we were in school, there wasn't a, a global pandemic happening. So we lived our life, you know, to the fullest and went to parties and, and met up with a lot of friends all the time and, and did the things that normal college students do. Uh, we are now in a global pandemic. I do not understand why people are going to parties and having massive parties because, well, hey, we're back at school. Let's have fun. Like, what at what point do they not understand what is happening in the world? I mean, you're not secluded from this yeah and i i enjoyed the social life of college um especially early on just as much as the next kid but at the same time i i, I know that it's easy to to sit up here on this perch and not being in college now and to, and to say that i wouldn't have done that but i honestly believe that um i like the the video from from north georgia um that's been all around twitter and stuff where there's it's just thousands of people outside at this what looks like a greek row or or maybe it's just a housing complex or something but they're all outside just all up on top of each other not a mask in sight like i get it you want to have fun with your friends and you've been locked down for months and we knew this was coming but at the same time it's still just like how can you guys just not keep it to 
even 10 to 20 people and stay inside your house? How is it not a smaller, a smaller get together? I don't understand how it's like you skipped the first like seven steps and just went right to the roof. Like I don't, it, yeah. you do not care. That's a blatant. I don't care. I That's understand. hundred yeah, percent disregard for anything. Yeah. If there's 10 to 20 people in a house and it's all the same friend group and there's no like outsiders, if you want to call it that. And it's just like, we really missed each other. So we got our whole friend group together. I can forgive you. It's not the smartest, but like be prepared if one of you gets COVID. That's just, none of those people cared. Like, you can't have hundreds, thousands of people just at a party. You don't know all those people. You're not interacting oh. with them. This You can barely talk to your friends because there's just too much going on. This is just a flat-out party that that you didn't care uh, what happened to the rest of your student body, what happened to your college athletics, or your town. It's a small town up in North Georgia where that is. And, and that I mean, the COVID would run through that town in a heartbeat. Exactly. And you don't know if maybe, you know, some, some kids commute to school from home and yeah. – what are they going to take home and and risk exposing their families to? It, yep. I just it's beyond me. And the, and I, I'm going to add a, a funnier side of things because this is just blatant stupidity. But I, I don't know if you saw this, but a Seahawks uh, a rookie corner got <laughs> released because he tried to sneak some girl in to their to their hotel. Yeah, he put her in Seahawks clothes <laughs> and tried to try to get her in. Bold strategy, Cotton. I mean, if you, it's a quick way to get yourself released and not get a chance to to make a an NFL roster because he was kind of a tweener to begin with. I, you know, he was going to have to battle to get a spot. Now, I don't know if anybody's going to touch this kid. It's pretty bad. I, it's just, I, I there is a, a mentality that just it doesn't make sense to me. Like the rules don't apply. Like thinking that the rest of the country may have restrictions, but they don't apply to me. It just it hurts my head. Yeah, I don't. It's it's group mentality. It's young and invincible college kids. I mean, we've all been there. But yeah, you're right. It's a it's a global pandemic. Like you would think that things would be different, and maybe we're speaking from a place of maturity that we wouldn't have had 10, 15 years ago. But it's just like, guys, how much more obvious can this be? And it's yeah. the same thing for for all the people who are against wearing the mask, the Karens out there. It's like you wanted to have fall sports. This is an example of why we're not going to be able to. This is not, yeah. If colleges knew that this kind of thing wouldn't happen, there would be far less conferences that have canceled their schedules right now. Absolutely. I just uh, like it makes me angry to see this stuff happen because it's it's not like there's a a single place in the United States that you aren't hearing about. I mean, you know, maybe the the southeast doesn't doesn't care as much because they're trying to open things back up. But you're not hearing about being told not to wear masks. Like there, there's nobody that says like, "Hey, don't wear a mask. You don't need it." It's, it's not the case. It is. It is an obvious thing to, and it's not even like, "Oh, wearing a mask doesn't protect you from somebody else. It protects them from you." So if everybody wears it, then hey, guess what? This thing can go away. Yeah. Not to not to mention, I saw uh, somewhere in the in the Twitterverse a, a study that came out that said. If you previously had tested positive for mm-hmm. for COVID, you have about three months of immunity before your antibodies are gone, and then you can get it again. Yep. So, like, even the whole, you know, let's all get it, and then we'll all be immune, that, that doesn't mean anything. No, that kind of kills that. Yeah. Herd immunity, um, I think is what they call it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that kind of kills it. Um, the only thing about the not mask was, I don't know if you saw it, but the Florida sheriff 
the banned masks. He banned his deputies from using masks, and he banned office visitors from wearing masks. And on the same day, his county broke some records for COVID deaths. But yeah, he like flat out, it's it's against the law if you walk into his uh or against city ordinance, whatever he can mandate. It's against their rules for to wear a mask in the police station. What are they gonna do? Write you a ticket for wearing a mask like that? Uh, come on. But I mean, that's where that's where we're at. I mean, there's there's both ends of the, the, the spectrum there where there's people who think we should shut back down and not come out of our homes for six months. They're out there. I mean, it's excessive, but they're out there. And then there's this guy who's just like, what COVID? So all yeah. this means that we can't have what we've been saying from the start. We needed a uniform response. Well, it's impossible to have a uniform response when there's not a uniform accepted thoughts opinion on this virus amongst the people yeah and the, and the thing is too so i, I know we, we had talked about this and talking about hey you know the, the commissioner president of the ncaa needs to come out and just say hey we're not doing it and wow i think that still needs to happen even if they say that they can't stop these schools from from playing if they want to play because there's no yeah. true like governing body. There's no regulation as to saying like, if we don't want to play fall sports as as the NCAA, then you cannot play. And he did come out and say just this week after we recorded that there were no fall championships, but the one exclusion was the FBS playoff. FBS playoff. Yeah. So he basically came out and said money. Like, All right. Yeah, and basketball because basketball is technically a winter sport. Yeah. So he basically said, if you don't make money, then we're going to go ahead and cancel for safety's sake. But the money-making sports, we're going to let do their thing, and hopefully it works out. So we'll see. I'm still, you know, I try to be optimistic, but I'm still scared of, of you know, I think that we're in serious danger of not having any fall football season. And I don't know. I've seen some good plans proposed out there for what a spring football season could look like that's a lot, you know, dumbed down. Technically, I would think the practices and stuff would be safer but and less games, but I still don't think having a spring and fall football season back-to-back, no matter what way you chop it, I don't think is the safest thing for the student-athlete. No, and, and what worries me, too, if you postpone again, right? So you had already brought all these people back on campus, so then are you leaving them back on campus, or are you shutting down your campuses and trying to send everybody home again? And on top of that, so hypothetically, let's say we, we do not see a – fall sports season. So for all of these sports, and if they postpone everything to the spring, so you're having 16, 17 sports going all at once, then you're, you're doubling, tripling the amount of people on campus in, in, in those facilities all at once. Yeah. Oh, it's a how, schedule nightmare. Yeah. Well, I would say one, how do you schedule it? We already kind of talked about that too. What does that mean though, for the, fitness level of these of these players because it's essentially a, a year yeah for for them because they went through the entire spring with no spring ball they went yep. through most of the summer and uh, you know they had what two and a half three weeks worth of uh, what could be considered a camp and then they they shut it all down again and it's yeah. just it doesn't give you the opportunity and we uh, you know a, a few a few episodes ago, we had kind of talked about this, and and I think this is going to carry a lot of weight uh, moving forward. But a lot of times, you see, you know, a young freshman come out and and start right away and make an impact for a team. Well, if they haven't had a chance to, you know, get in strength conditioning and do the things that 
you need to do to kind of get weight on them, get some better strength on them. Yeah. These, these young, young athletes are not going to be able to, to play and perform. So you're looking at immediately redshirting essentially every freshman you have. And that throws off kind of your progress and the plan you have for your team moving forward for the next couple of years, you know? So that it's going to be interesting to see what happens with it. I don't know how, uh, t- teams are planning for that, especially with if fall sports are shut down again, then you really can't recruit because you're not being able to go see anybody play because high schools aren't going to open back. If if the pros are barely playing and the mm-hmm. collegiate level isn't playing, then uh, high schools probably aren't going to play. No, and it's going to be interesting to see what happens, especially at the high school level. It looks like um, from what I'm seeing around the country, most uh, fall sports, even if their seasons are canceled, they're still going to have team workouts. They're still going to do some form of practices. The NCAA hasn't come out and said like, Hey, here's a, you know, new calendar of how many practices you're allowed 20 hour weeks versus eight hour weeks, things like that. They haven't come out with that yet. Cause it's all still unfolding, but it looks like as long as students stay on campus, athletics is going to be allowed to have workouts and treatments and some modified practices and things like that, which is good if you're going to have a spring season. That needs to happen, like you said, because these, these kids need to be in shape. Mm-hmm. Um, you just but, run the risk of injuring them. Not like, oh, well, they need to be in better shape to put a better thing on the field. No, like you no. run the risk of getting a lot of people hurt, and that's not a good thing. No, I mean, it's it's like having a you know car sit in a garage for, for a year and then just trying to take it out to a racetrack. It, it's going to need oil change. It's going to need something lubed up in there. It's just going to crash. You know what I mean? It's yeah. not going to run properly. So athletes' bodies are the same way. And and we see that with, you know, we talked about it, I think, in a previous episode. But we had a few knee injuries early on in the NBA when they restarted. A uh, few baseball players, uh, pitchers and stuff go down to some pretty significant injuries. So yeah, you had a stud pitcher for the Braves. Yeah. Opening day starter. Yeah, yep. guy was a stud. And he's a young, up-and-coming 21. player. He's going to be a baller. And tears his Achilles. Yep. And it's you don't know that it's 100% that. It could have happened either way. But the statistics say that this, these kind of injuries go up a lot more when you're you're inactive for a while. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's unfortunate. And it's what's going to happen if if we don't, you know, give the proper run-up, which was something we talked about early on in the summer when and in the spring when this first went down. We hoped that they'd be able to bring athletes back with enough time that they could – properly work out before a season and if there's a fall football season of any kind we'll find out you know if you see guys dropping left and right to injuries there's a good chance that's why but um i know most of the big programs have been back since like june i think beginning of june so yeah hopefully had time, be, at least yeah yeah hopefully they'll be fine it looks like they're the ones that are going right now anyway so it's interesting, you know, you got the guys who want to play and, and look, I get it. They want to play, but hey, your brain doesn't fully form until you're 25 anyway. So <laughs> maybe when there's a pandemic going on and, and the national, um, really the global response needs to be somewhat uniform. I don't know that we, we let a bunch of um, 22-year-olds and under decide whether or not they get to have a season. I think we leave this one to the doctors. I think those kids are, are very well intended intended and i think that they deserve to have a season and this is all awful what's happening to them but look my job's on the line just like everybody else's if there's no sports for a prolonged period of time they're gonna look and say well what do we need you for so i'm just as invested yeah yeah so patrick and i both are just as invested as these kids and i just i'm deferring to experts and i think that's that's where um 
I fall on this whole we are united. I think it's great that they want to play. It's great that they're coming together for something. But at the end of the day, I would tell them, and I tell any of my athletes this, if we talked about it, it's you got to listen to the trainers on this one. You got to listen to the doctors. And then we just got to see what the safest thing is because if, you know, any of these kids died of COVID or if any of these kids get COVID because of a competition or something um, and bring it back to their campus and, you know, an outbreak happens and a professor dies. I mean, that's one too many, you know, so. 100%. It's not, it's not worth anybody's life to have a, to have a season. And then hopefully we can handle the financial burdens and, and play in the spring if that's what it's going to look like. But I just want whatever's the safest thing. I want that to happen. And I truly do hope that we can get a wake up call from all this stuff that's going on at Oklahoma and a few other universities, I'm sure right now. And hopefully we can kind of have some kind of synthetic <laughs> bubble for, for athletics created. Yeah, I got I got two things before we take it to a break. And one of those is uh, I think it was LSU that came out and said that if a fall football season doesn't happen, they're going to lose like eighty one million dollars. Yeah. Eighty one million dollars. And that's from like ticket sale revenue. Just everything that goes into that probably also part of the TV, the the revenue share with with their TV deals and everything else. But that is a, a significant, a substantial amount of money that. Yeah doesn't just go specifically to football that gets filtered across all of the athletics. It's so it's, it helps pay for the, you know, men's and women's rifle team or whatever else it is they have mm -hmm. there. That is a non-revenue sport. And again, this isn't me saying anything bad against non-revenue sports. I, you know, I, I do want to make that clear. I, I do not have anything against a non-revenue sport. I think that it is a great thing that college athletics exist so that people can continue their athletic uh, dreams and to be able to continue to play a sport of some sort and compete at a collegiate level and better their lives by going to to school and getting a degree. And hopefully, you know, some of these people get scholarship money and maybe they, you know, wouldn't get to go to college because they couldn't afford to go otherwise, you know, so they, mm -hmm. they get this great opportunity and that's a good thing. It is a very good thing that that, that exists, but not having these major revenue generating sports is a disaster for athletic departments. It really is. Um, so that's, that's one side of it. And the other side is Scott, I, I, you and I kind of talked about this before we started recording and we had mentioned it, I think two or three different times in our previous podcast, but mm -hmm. Liber Liberty is back in the news. Um, no way. Yeah. Shocker. The ACC um, has, I think scheduled, three different games against them. There are ACC teams. I think it's like Syracuse and maybe Boston yeah. college and, but they're an independent FBS program. Who's, you know, willing to go anywhere to play. So I'm not surprised teams are jumping at the opportunity scheduled. Yeah. Well, they're not testing. <laughs> There's an issue. You can't get a positive test if you don't test. That is also true. Um, yeah. So yeah, Hugh freeze basically came out and outed them himself. It sounds like he said something along the lines of, yeah, we haven't had a positive test in uh, three weeks. Well, we haven't tested in two weeks because no one showed symptoms. So we haven't had a positive test in three weeks. It's like, well, even if you're not having symptoms, there's. I you think we're well past now. the point. Yeah, we're well past the point of knowing the, the term what the term asymptomatic is. Yeah, and so that should be uh, should be known by him and their their staff. So, yeah, should have been tested. I mean, they should have been tested at least once a week. 
I'm getting tested once a week and we're not having competitions for the fall. And it's not like you guys have a, a ridiculous amount of money to toss around at things. Liberty has a ton of money. They can. They Liberty's can got more them. money than some Power Five schools. Yes, they have more money than they know what to do with. They're just, they they're just build new facilities all the time because they're like, eh, we got the money, let's do it. Like, uh, tests. Like, it's not a difficult thing. It is for the safety of you and the people around you. And then especially whenever you're going and playing other teams in other schools, it is for the safety of the people you're going to play. It, it, I mean, the, the ACC is now questioning whether or not they should even allow those games to be played because they're like, yeah, eh, you know, nobody's showing symptoms, so we're just not going to worry about testing. There's there's going to be somebody. Syracuse was pretty yeah out there about it. And there's going to be somebody from Syracuse when Liberty goes to get off the bus that's going to be like, show me the receipts. <laughs> they're they're going to want to see the, the the test results before they allow them to come on campus. I guarantee you. They're going to send somebody in full hazmat gear over to them and say, I want to see test results right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's a big deal. But like I said, if if you go somewhere or if someone comes to you and that you bring the virus home or someone brings you the virus, I mean, that's an outbreak that wouldn't have happened if there wasn't college athletics. And if you yeah. think that ADs aren't aware of that and aren't in meetings hearing about that from university presidents, you're out of your mind. That's 100% the a big focus with all this, as, as well as the liability aspect and keeping student-athletes safe and all that's at the forefront. But that's a big discussion that's being had because no one's really concerned about having practices and competitions amongst yourselves on campus. That's not the issue. The issue is, because if you're bringing students back, that's no different. But the issue is that you've got other students from other places that you can't, quote unquote, control with your policies and procedures that are coming um, to your campus and they're, you know, bringing with them whatever they got. And you're going to other people's campuses where they're outside of your control and, and you're coming back with God knows what. So that's that's why you saw everyone go conference only, because like uh, Florida State came out and said something about it. And Syracuse has been very vocal, like we have our policies and procedures in place. And any out-of-conference opponent who wants to play us has to abide by them. And that's why everyone went conference only, because they can do mandated. You can control it, and you can regulate, yeah. regulate it. It should be yeah. uniform, what exactly. we've been saying. Got to be uniform. All right, so let's, let's take a quick break. Um, and when we come back, we're going to talk about some other stuff. All right, welcome back, everybody. Uh, you know, Scott, we, we kind of had – Talked a little bit about this during the break and going back to the LSU revenue. And I know you had said about uh, Wisconsin also being in the news about talking about this. So, uh, you know, kind of give lay a little bit of foundation. Yeah. And I'm not sure if I tried to go back and find it, but it's one of these Twitter accounts that just talks about random stuff and, and hates. On it. So, yeah, LSU came out talking about their revenue loss, Wisconsin talking about their revenue loss. One of the, the things that has been circulating around and being talked about is that these aren't university. You're talking about losing so much money because you can't have a football seat. The notion was made that, well, you're just a, a football program that has classes on the side. And I just don't think the truth. A university and colleges around the country, and especially to the academic side of things, it's not going to somewhat uh, rocky relationships between some athletic departments and, and the academic university. But nobody in athletics get that out there, that everyone that works in athletics knows the value of a college education because Pretty much all of us have gone to a college, <laughs> but we are working at a college and we work with students every day. So we know these kids are studying for this test. They're getting ready to go to this class and 
they come back and they tell us in class when they get excited about it, we fully understand and respect the college atmosphere. So I just think that's pretty completely missing the point of athletics. And the revenue loss isn't felt just by the athletics department. It is by the whole university, not because athletics is the front porch, right? Everyone says it's the front porch to the university where the university itself is the actual house. You just see athletics first, you know, where you stop in. But if you're going to school there, you're going in the house. And the quote that I saw that was really good, I wanted to read it, was college and university brand appeal will become more and more future of it. As enrollment numbers drop, people will select institutions whose brand they are familiar with, can relate to, and adds meaning and value to their lives. So what you're talking about is coronavirus is hard and uh, low. It's, it's people are out of work. Or to go back to school, can you afford to start school right now? Are you going to take a year off and, and work? This dies down, whatever the case may be. There's going to be less student to go around. And hearing with that statement is that the big thing is going to now more than ever, whoever has the bigger brand is going to attract more because you're going to know about them nationally interested in their academic programs because of their brand. Not many schools are built um, brand-wise off of their academic. You've got the Harvards, the Yales, the MITs, and, and things like that. But most universities get high enrollment to build up their academic programs and, and pay more and buy more for labs and everything else because of their high enrollment numbers, because they want to go there and want their basketball, play on the team or whatever it may be. So with athletics being canceled for the fall, you're hearing people talk about losing money. And the campuses feel it, and it's all because they need their number one marketing as enrollment numbers are going down, and they're they're not getting it. They're being yeah, absolutely. And and this is you know just kind of a, a broad statement, but athletics will always boost your academic. And when you are good at and I, I we've talked about this the the enrollment at Appalachian State when I was going to was if I remember correctly for undergrad about twelve thousand. There's eighteen thousand, and that's after they won three nationals and moved up to the Sun Belt and have pretty much dominated that conference as well, winning, I don't know, what, three of four conference championships? Yeah, I mean, I mean that that helps. But look at, like, a Boise State. Both of us are from the Southeast. We know about Boise State. They, um, they have blue turf and they win the oh, Fiesta. Yeah. So, great. Their enrollment for sure went up, um, mostly not from the Southeast, but from California, the surrounding states and stuff like that. Um, but because you're in the middle of nowhere, Idaho. Yeah, state, I mean, you're just a Boise, so you know. great town, but Boise, Idaho, like it's it's beautiful out there, but you're not getting a bunch to go there. But my point being is, we know about their athletic program, and and yeah, we work in athletics, but how many kids that enrolled after that in 2008 and 2009 because of national TV and it was, oh wow, that's kind of cool. It's got blue turf. Da da. How many kids, when they started looking into Boise, knew how good of a program they're, I don't even know if they have it, engineering program. You know what I mean? Like, there's colleges, you know, right off the top of your head, sure that athletics logo, not the academic logo. Because unless you're in the bookstore, you're not finding a keychain with the academic. But there's there's programs all around the country that you know about the universities, and you know about some of their traditions on campus, and you know what some of their campus looks like, not because of their great you know, business you know about it because of their athletes and anything you know about the academics you probably heard about it we know stanford's got a really good mba because phil knight does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, i mean stanford don't Stanford was a great school before athletics mm-hmm. like they've always been an academic but having college athletics and performing at the the high level of football for them yeah like that doesn't hurt guys like it really it doesn't hurt it's only going to help and and that's one thing uh, you know one of the schools i used to work at i i used to like they're uh, academic sports like the athletics take a backseat it is not a bad thing i mean they're it's it's a great university they pride them in in what they do academically but 
they also have great athletics that they don't realize helps them bring in a student body and, and a portion of that student body that they might not normally get. You know what I mean? It adds diverse. It brings in people that they, you know, somebody that might want to be a, a microbiology major and spend all of this time studying, but also hanging out in an equipment room or, or going and playing playing football or basketball or whatever it may be. Hey, I, they have a great mind. They're a brilliant person. They don't want to go to Harvard. You come to come to my school and compete for a conference championship, national championship, whatever it may be. And you're adding value by having athletic. Uh, yeah, just wanted to address that. I, those, I would say most academics know that you know the, those two branches. You can have academics without without athletics. You certainly can't have athletics without academic universities. But most ath- academics will tell you that that their job is from an enrollment standpoint and tuition dollars and everything else trickles down from having a good athletic. Yes. Now a- again, too. You also have to take the the other side of the coin here, where you bring in student athletes and they're there. You know, I didn't I didn't come here. I came here to, to I didn't come here to play, yeah, I didn't come here to play play class or where it is. And I mean, you know, Cardell ended up graduating. And probably, exactly. From what I hear, like did quite well. He was a eighteen uh, year old freshman. Yeah, like, he was a, he was a kid. Yeah, yeah, he made it like he made a dumb comment because he thought it was funny and people held that against him. And I mean, it's it's Ohio State University. I'm not going to that word I like to say uh, in, in front of it. I went to dude, I worked at Cincinnati, but Cincinnati? no, just UC, baby. <laughs> UC. Go Bearcats. Um, but Cardell bettered his future, bettered his life by attending that university, doing well in classes. And he obviously performed incredibly well on the football field as well for them. So, like I said, it's a benefit. But. You do get some of the guys that are that are a pain and that cause professors and all these teachers and people that dedicate their lives to to teaching of our yeah. country. You know, they're they're a headache because they really don't want to be there. They they're just there to play a sport, and they don't they don't think that they need. And so I do understand 100. But at the I don't, same time, how many sports do you hear about the team GPA is 3.8 or? I mean, it happens. Some professors will tell you their best students are athletes because. There's a, a head coach that cares and, and says, hey, I GPA of this. We're going to maintain. And, and there's someone that's in a, in a leadership role watching them and watching their grades, where maybe mom and dad for the average student aren't. So I, it's it's a two-sided coin. Yeah, you've got, let's face it, it's usually the revenue, the kids who see dollars, the NFL or NBA or something calling. So it's usually basketball that, that have the GPAs. But you talk about, there's, I don't know, NCAA sports. Most of those sports have good academic at the average university and ask them, hey, what's your team GPA? Most teams. Yeah. And the only thing, and it might, you know, this is just a thought, but you're also looking at for football, 110 guys, as opposed to the golf team that has six. For so, sure. I mean, it's, it's a much bigger average that you're, you're looking at where, you know, not to call it the golf team. You, you could have called anybody, any other sport out. I mean, it's football. Yeah, football has twice as many people yeah. at least. Uh, yeah, track will be right there. Oh, yeah, it's not. A, I would say, but it's. I don't know. I just. I, I mean, it's it's a it's an interesting take on it to to say it's an athletics, school, not an academic. I mean, there's no. There are plenty of schools out there that have easy degrees. There's there's a lot of things that you can take and a lot of classes you can take that might not necessarily challenge you mm-hmm. uh, academically, but. There's probably, I mean, you'd be hard. You're not going to be challenged in a classroom. You are right. Yeah, from your bedroom to your office, or 
I mean, you might not even need to leave your bedroom. And I mean, that's cool. pretty, uh, during a pandemic, yeah, I mean, it's everybody. Yeah. University fee. Yeah, well, it's like funny right now because you're you're talking about not you when you think about people that are going in for quote, job interview and they yeah. are wearing maybe a a shirt and tie or you know whatever a suit up top, but they're wearing like gym shorts or pants and everything where obviously nobody can can see it because your computer for your interview. So. <sighs> It's it's frowned it's frowned upon. It might might ruin your chance of to, to say the least. Um, I thought the retire was. Let me know how that goes for you. If you've been in that type of situation before, I guess. But as far as as far as I can tell, at least in person, wear gym shorts and a t-shirt. But anyway, uh, yeah, I think that's all I've got for this uh this episode. Just slight updates, obviously. I know Monday. I think it, we're gonna hear some news, and then at least by Friday of. This coming week, we'll kind of have a lot of final. With an ass. Well, I mean, you're getting to a point where either you play or you don't. You know, by the, by the end of this coming week, what two weeks removed from a, from an actual season? So yeah, that's that's where going on. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it's like baseball. I mean, they're they're playing games and the Marlins pop hot. Games get can't get see that. You just gotta. It's gonna be until the season's over. We're not gonna be. Let's just hope for Army Navy. I already said it. I'm gonna say it again. Let's. I just yeah. if no other games happen, while it's devastating, do get it. I just um, I hope we get to see two games this year because it's such a joy to watch. Uh, you know, it's it's so much fun to watch and it helps people keep jobs. And you know, there's so many so many different things to go into. We get to actually see it this year as opposed to seeing it in the spring because that's just going to be a gigantic cluster but yeah that'll do it and scott i mean we're going to add one thing we're going to add a little clip at the end here we actually had somebody call in and and talk to us about the uh net gators slash buffs to weigh in on i firmly disagree with them and their analysis scott let me let's get your let's get your opinion before we we uh my opinion changed as a net gamus i will not say anything really negative about this voice memo because i feel in a some kind of sixth sense kind of way that it could have repercussions in my personal life and I'm <laughs> at that yeah so it's probably a good choice um yeah so uh, by the way net gators big study came out said they might not be the safest thing. take that in because decide to put a mask on but ladies and gentlemen that's going to do us do it for us we uh we made this a shorter one didn't have necessarily as much news to give we kind of update y'all and keep the keep the information rolling obviously as i've probably already read it and seen what's come out but and talk about amongst us so either way enjoy the rest of your weekend that we're in right now monday but enjoy it stay safe wear your mask and let's see you hey um i'm a big fan of the podcast but i want to remain anonymous for this phone call and let y'all know that those face coverings that go around your neck are a thousand percent called buffs. Um, this whole gator situation versus buff situation has really gotten out of control. And I just wanted to let y'all know that they're called buffs and we can um, put this to rest. So anyway, really enjoy the podcast. Keep up the great work. And wear your buff.